Dear future husband, know that these letters that I'm writing are not meant for any counterfeit, but they're only meant for you. For as my words flow forward, they are like darts that only you will be able to catch. Hey guys, it's me. And I want to welcome you to It's Simple You Die. And this is the show where we not only walk you through life and walk you through the Bible, but we form the community here so that you know that you're not alone, but you also get a better understanding of how the Bible ties back to life as we know it now. I am your host. My name is Allison, but you can call me Allie. And I'm super excited to be here with you. This is definitely a different version of Dear Future Husband than what I thought I was going to do. I ain't even going to hold you. Um, today is going to be different. Today is going to be a lot of digging. Um, but we're here to do the worthy work, right? We're here to do the good work. And so... I have been trying to figure out what to name today's podcast or this blog. But until we get there, listen, if it's one thing I want to do is impact and empower the world, right? But I can't do that unless you like, share, and subscribe. So if you haven't liked, shared, or subscribed and you hear, baby, what are we doing? I know that a bunch of people are watching, a bunch of people are listening, and I want my views to kind of reflect that so that we can continue to show people the love of the Lord in today and age, right? So if you're watching me on YouTube right now, like, subscribe, share it with like two or three people who you think will benefit from this. And if you're listening to my podcast on any of the several platforms that it's on, which I'm mad proud of us for. Um, like, share, leave a review. And just let us know what you think, right? This week's topic, I definitely had a hard time trying to figure out what I was going to call it. Um, and it definitely slapped me in my face. But after thinking about it, we're definitely calling this chapter intrusive love so without further ado let's get into this letter dear future husband what i want and what i see are currently two different things one is derived from a fleshly understanding of my life my age and my time clock And the other one is based off the life that has been downloaded into my mind from the Lord. And you see, at times, I have an issue differentiating between the two, especially when I'm still working on the whole your will gets replaced with my will. And so sometimes I may say things that don't make sense to you, but I don't mean to confuse And I don't mean to push. It's just that I'm trying to think out loud. I'm trying to process out loud the feelings in my heart and 
what is right according to the Lord. You know, some days I find myself stumbling across just how to communicate things properly and how to make sure I'm protecting myself. But I'm now realizing that I don't need to protect myself. I just need to shift myself. And to say that I like a shift, <laughs> it would not be true. And like, it would not be honest, but it would be where I am right now. And to say that I know that I have to shift would be more accurate than anything else that I will say. And so I'm shifting. And in my shift, I'm changing. And in my change, I'm transforming. And in my transformation, I find myself speaking more clearly. So if anything, this is a declaration. This is a promise, a covenant I make with you right now. Then not only will I allow you into those intimate areas so that you understand me better, but I will also promise that even if I'm processing things out, I'll let you know. This way, there is no confusion or chaos when I say things rhetorically. And there is no need to respond to something that isn't meant for you. Or isn't meant home. Like, it isn't meant to hit home for you, and it's definitely not meant to offend you. I want you to understand, I never want to diminish your feelings. But I've been struggling my whole life with validating my own and seeing the worth in where I stand. I've struggled with validating that my feelings and my words that come out of my mouth hold weight and are important. And so in this season, I'm choosing to shed that. But while I'm shedding that future husband, I thank you for being patient with me. I thank you for being understanding. And I thank you for the wisdom that you bring that will help me put things into a proper perspective while I should. Sincerely, your future wife. So, this this poem is this. I keep saying poems, Jesus. We won't talk about how many times I've said that. But this letter definitely is different. Um, this issue, this letter came about because I was having a lot of thoughts lately. Um, and, you know, they call them intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that you have that you can't necessarily pinpoint where they're coming from. And you can't necessarily pinpoint why you're having them. But these thoughts cause unease and anxiety right and so lately I've been having some interesting intrusive thoughts just about certain people in my life certain places in my life certain things I need to do and I was trying to figure out like why am I struggling with this and the Lord definitely said because you have an issue with attachment and I said, not me, Jesus. You know how, like, that TikTok was like, is it me, Jesus? Like, not me, Jesus. But no, definitely Allison. <clears throat> and so the Lord started to walk me down 
like where this attachment issue came from. And he showed me that like throughout my life, there were little seeds planted and these little seeds were small seeds. Um, maybe like somebody may have like said, oh, it's not that serious or, oh, you're, you're just feeling this and it's not even, it's not even that deep. Um, times in my life where my feelings were not validated, times in my life where what I needed, I did not receive. And it may not have been on the fault of anybody per se, but people could not love me the way that I needed to be loved. And what I had to grow to understand was that we love people based off of how we were loved. And so I can only love someone the way that I was loved or the way that I've learned to love as I've evolved in love. But if I don't evolve, then whatever I learned, whatever I've picked up in life is how I'm going to love other people. Now, that doesn't mean that the love is wrong most of the time. We're going to come back to that. But it does mean that it does not fill the space. And both points are very valuable. Like, both points can be validated. Um, but also, it leaves this level of... Um, it leaves this room in this space for the person who did not feel loved properly or needed more love than they than they were given. It leaves room. Um... And it kind of limits them in how they express their love in a way. And so if you don't have wisdom for that and you're not able to figure out a way to love on yourself to close that, abandonment can seep in. And so for me, the longest time I definitely felt away and I didn't realize that I was feeling this type of way um and so the Lord definitely pointed it out to me and what he showed me was that I was exhibiting a bunch of different signs of being a highly sensitive person whose feelings were not validated and so the way that I viewed and perceived love um, and the way that I accepted what I thought love was definitely was not the healthiest and it was not the best. And so why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this because since I struggled with love, right? I struggled with love with other people. I struggled with love within myself. I had a disconnect right? Instead of attaching myself to the Lord, I was trying to attach myself to people and hope they wouldn't leave me and hope they would love me based off of what I could do for them. And I would overperform. And the Lord definitely was like my daughter. That's not even nowhere near your portion. Um, I know that like my prayer partner, she's the best. She always says that extravagantly loved is my portion, right? And it's something that I did not understand, like, why extravagantly love? Why not just, like, love be my portion? And this is this is a portion of why, right? We know that we love a certain way, but the Lord loves in the perfect way. 
And so we know that when we talk about God, we talk about this unconditional love, like he sent his son down to die for us, to own our sin, the sin that we did not do, like the sin that we did not start, the sin that was started in the garden with Adam and Eve, and then it has perverted everything, including love and how we see love and how we view love and how we give love and how we accept love even. So I thought that I was like, I really thought that I was hiding this space from the Lord and I wasn't. I really thought that I was able to, in this space, hide the years of like verbal abuse or like emotional abuse that I had sustained from other partners and other people in my life and other friendships. And the Lord is like, baby, have you not read Psalms 139? And so I was like, Psalms 139? Like, what? what's so important about Psalms 139? And literally, like, the first four verses of Psalms 39, check this whole mindset. So peep, it says... You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. And you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. I said, well, okay then. Like, the Lord knows all my business, pretty much. He knows when I wake up, when I lay down, when I am going to do something, when I'm thinking about doing something. Before I even come up with a thought to do it, he knows about it, right? And before I even go to speak the words that are coming out my mouth, he knows that they are going to come out my mouth. What did I think I was hiding from this Lord? And to know that he has seen my issues with abandonment and my issues with trust and my issues with these thoughts and has still decided to say, hey, Allison, this is what's going on with you. Hey, Allison, this is why you're struggling with this. Um, it's amazing because, you know, I don't know about y'all. I'm talking about Allison right now. But sometimes my thoughts may not be the best. Um... <laughs> Sometimes I may think or say things that I shouldn't. And the Lord still decides to love on me and grace me with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding so I can grow out of these things. It's just amazing to me, right? So the Lord was showing me in Psalms 139 that I have a disconnect because I'm trying to attach myself to people and not attach myself to him. Right. And even though like I love the Lord and I, I ride or die for the Lord, I knuck a buck for the Lord. There is a difference between knucking and bucking for the Lord and fighting and contending and actually connecting yourself with the Lord where there is no space between you guys, where there are no secrets between you guys. And you literally allow him to assume every position that you are looking for people in this world to assume. And that is one thing that I had struggled with. Um, like, I know he's a provider. I know he's a healer. But do I know him as a father? Do I know him 
as a lover. And when I say a lover, I mean like, do I know the Lord is somebody who can handle my heart and handle my feelings the way that people who were supposed to handle it have dropped it? Am I letting him into those areas where I had been once vulnerable and hurt and so now I have a borders? Is he in those spaces? Is he in those places? When I'm having these intrusive thoughts about people and the way that they are, they're perceived to be treating me, is he in there with me dealing with these thoughts? Or do I have to be like, okay, I guess I think I'm going to give them to the Lord. And this is what really made me realize just how perverted sin had made my understanding of love. Because my old relationships, like I didn't necessarily consult the Lord. And because I didn't consult him and I didn't get wise counsel, I didn't check the fruit when I was younger. I then opened myself up to things that I did not need to. And I made myself vulnerable in places where I should have been protecting my heart, real talk. And so now as an adult, I'm dealing with those things and I'm working through those things. But this disconnect that I have with the Lord where I had previously connected with other people, I now realize that I have to break those covenants as well. Because if I'm attaching myself to other people, I'm not idolizing them, but I am giving them a space that truly belongs to the Lord. I shouldn't be able to attach myself to nobody if I'm not attaching myself to the Lord first. And if I can't attach myself to the Lord first, when he knows me intimately, and like for this, y'all ready for this, peep this, for this, the saying is to know somebody intimately, to know somebody personally, to know the ins and outs, to have wisdom and understanding of them. That word actually is yada. Ah, y'all saw what I did there, right? Okay, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back. But yeah. <laughs> but to not allow the one person who sees the fullness of Allison to not allow them in, but to allow those who do not know the fullness of Allison in, tells me that there's a level of disconnect, there's a level of distrust with the one person who has never left me hanging, never dropped the ball on me, never missed anything concerning me. And that's a problem. And so... Until we can truly trust the Lord in this manner, then there will always be a level of disconnect <clears throat> that abides in the understanding. And when I say that, what I mean is until we allow the Lord to like, until, well, until we make the realization, real talk, that the Lord knows each and every crevice of us, whether we want him to or not. And we allow him into those areas and we allow him into those ouch spots and those ooh moments that we have. We literally are lacking in an understanding of who he really is to us. Right. And the understanding that we're lacking in there is that he's going to love us regardless. He's going to choose us regardless he is going to forever be in our corner regardless even when people may not be in our corner even when people may drop us 
Like, this is who is not. And we miss that understanding. And it gets lost in translation because all we see are our wounds. We see the wretchedness of ourselves and not the righteousness that he's put in us. And if we're not careful, these things can pass on to our other relationships in our lives. Like, once again, not talking about y'all, talking about Allison, but I'm pretty sure y'all can relate to some of this. Um, for me and my friendships, it meant me being the strong friend. It meant if there was a problem, oh baby, you could call me. If there was an issue, oh baby, you could call me. You needed to borrow somebody, oh baby, you could call me. But when it came time for Allison to call, I would be stressed out trying to figure out where I am going to find, do, shake a tree, pray, all of this by myself. And I was warned by myself, even though I had community. I was warned by myself, even though I knew I had friends. But in order for me to be open and vulnerable with them, I had to show that weak side of me. And for the longest time, I thought vulnerability meant weakness. But vulnerability is definitely a strength that I now have. I'm definitely still working on, you know, perfecting that strength. But... It is a strength to be vulnerable. It's a strength to try to cry or to bear your heart to somebody knowing that it may help, it may not help, but you will be put on spotlight, right? You will be put on front street. And so personally, this showed up as me being so independent I wanted to do everything by myself. I'm a single parent. I didn't want to do that by myself. I'm not going to hold you. But that's a different story for another day at another time. But, like, definitely trying to own each and every part of my life and own other people's lives. Even though I didn't need to. Even though I didn't have to. But because I'm so independent and I could figure this out on my own, that I would rather lean on myself than to lean on others, than to open up and say, I need help. And then relationally, it turned into loving people until I was in a deficit. It turned into, I don't need to show you who I am because I've done that once and it backfired, real talk. So I'm going to show you all the good qualities of Allison. I'm going to show you, like, I'm great at budgeting. I'm good with money. I'm very resourceful. And I'm going to give and give and give. And even though I'm tired, I'm still going to give. And even though I may not have it and I need it, I'm still going to give. And it got to a level of performing, even in relationships. And... Like, I didn't realize that feeling the need to perform to secure an attachment is unhealthy. Even in friendships, feeling the need to perform, which means that I'm putting on a show. I am not being authentically me. I am not showing up vulnerably in spaces. Me doing all of that to get the love that I probably would have gotten had I been myself was unhealthy. It definitely is not about loving people and doing for people until they love 
because then you're left in a deficit while the other person is living their lives. Mind you, especially in like relationships, like you're just getting to know old dude and you're doing all this other extra stuff. And the next thing you know, you're, you have a real need and you feel like you can't call on him because you're super independent. And then two, you get frustrated because you don't have what you need, but they have what you needed. And you feel like they owe you something. When baby, nobody told you to do that. And as quiet as it's kept, like it's a form of being, it's a form of being unhealthy. It's a form of being toxic because it's like, I have a need, but I'm not communicating my need. And I'm going to leave myself to fend for myself when people want to support me. And I think that we have gotten away from realizing just how sneaky some levels of unhealthy behaviors and patterns can be, especially in relationships. Because like we normally see like unhealthy patterns and behaviors just somebody who's like controlling, abusive or overbearing. Like they don't let you go nowhere. They don't let you see your friends like they don't they don't want you to do any of that stuff and they're trying to control and emotionally manipulate you they may be putting their hands on you but we always forget about the passive unhealthy behaviors that we see in relationships and friendships which would be not speaking up when somebody offends you um it would be trying to give your all until you're depleted and then not speaking up on it and not setting proper boundaries. It could be you pushing an agenda because of something that you want and not realizing that it's just your agenda and it's not a shared agenda. You know, this is, all of these behaviors like are attached to trauma. They're attached to abandonment. They're attached to rejection. They're attached to a place in your life where you were mishandled. And baby, let me tell you, if you were mishandled, it wasn't your fault. However, it is your responsibility to heal, move forward, and make better choices in the future. I'm going to say that again. Boo-boo. If you have been mishandled, that is not your fault. It's never going to be your fault. However, it is your responsibility to move forward, get the help, gain the knowledge that you need to correct this behavior, to heal from that moment and make better choices in the future. That is your responsibility, right? And the only way that we can do this in many cases is by realigning with the Lord, breaking those covenants, breaking those word curses, going back to that time that this started, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you so that they can then work you through a healing process. And if you need extra help, boo, get you a therapist because Jesus in therapy is a real thing and it's helpful. Um, but working through the trauma, working through the responses to the trauma. And then after you've done all of that, reassigning people appropriately to your life. To forgive somebody does not mean they have access to you. 
it means that you forgive them. Because if we don't forgive, we still hold that person. Like they, one, they still have power over us. They have power over our emotions. And we'll see that a lot. If like somebody will be like, oh, so-and-so, and you'll be like, oh, bump them. If you can't call them by their name and not have any malice or any feelings behind it, they still have power over you. They still have control over you. And in reality, even if it's just something that happened and you're angry and there's an offense there, it's a level of a soul tie, right? Like we've always said that soul ties can be kind of sexual. They are very sexual. There's a covenant that is made when you have sex out of wedlock. But we're also talking about now soul ties from somebody who has offended you. And instead of you allowing them to have forgiveness and allowing yourself to be free, you have now trapped yourself in a bondage, in a spirit of offense, and they now have control over you, baby. That's a soul tie. And we have to break it. We have to break it. And then we have to realign and reassign. Forgiveness is for everybody. Access is not. Forgiveness is for everybody. Access is not. And then once we work on reassigning people appropriately to the spaces in our lives, we have to then create the boundaries that we need to protect ourselves. Protecting ourselves is valuing ourselves. And to value ourselves is to see the worth that we have. And then we live. But in order to do this in order to start this, you know, hefty work. We have to name the attachment, break it and name it. Break it and name it. If your attachment comes from an unhealthy style of love that you saw in your childhood, like, God, help me. Help me understand that you can be my dad or you can be my mom. Or you can be my best friend and I break the alignment and the covenant that I had with the previous understanding that I had of love in relationships, love in friendships, love in familial settings. And then allow him to do the good work, right? And the reality is like while we're doing this, some things are going to come up. And, and it's not going to feel good. But we have to remember that this is healing work. And this is what creates healthy people who can do healthy work with others. Like, you don't have to hide behind the filters that you have. You definitely don't have to hide behind any filters in love. Understand that validating yourself and validating your feelings and then allowing the Lord to do his work within you is the best first step that you can ever take. So, loving you is the most important thing that you can do. Because if you can't love you the way that the Lord loves you, then baby, how are you gonna know you're not settling for less than? So, do the work. Give yourself time, but do the work. And until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, I definitely want you to be safe. 
I want you to feel loved and know that if you are striving in this world, if you are striving in purpose and love and you are aligned with the Lord, then the things that he wants to do in your life is going to exceed the plans, the thoughts, and the, the imagination that you have for you. And he will take you to the next level. Until next time, y'all. Later, beloved.